Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. We're back. It's another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. Hope you are doing well. All right, Andy, I have a sense that we're going to have some disagreements on this one. So Roma, they end up drawing against Inter. And I guess it really depends on what sort of outlook you have in life. If you're generally pessimistic, <laughs> I can understand why you're feeling a bit negative about this one. However, if you are generally an optimist, I can see and understand your perspective as to why you could be relatively happy with what happened yesterday. Which side of the fence are you on for this one? Can I just say that, uh, listen, I um, I don't think I quite expressed my, my expectations for this game well enough before... Uh, on the previous episode, my expectations were very low. I just wanted to see a team that looked different than the one we saw against Napoli and against Atalanta, where they flat out gave up in, in after the opening, what, 10, 15 minutes. And um, that's all I was looking for. So I must say that a draw in a game like this, after the performances that we've seen in the past, in games similar to this one, um, a draw is something I hold very dear to my heart right now. Mm. It's 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 not a bad result. It's actually an encouraging result because partly there was a performance there that 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 was worthy of of a, of a positive result, and uh, and then you have you have that 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 piece good portion of the game. Um, that Roma just didn't look like Roma, or better yet, they looked like the Roma that we knew from the Napoli game, uh, the the Atalanta game, the Juve game in the final 20-25 minutes. That's that it, it was a game again. It but for both teams, mind you, for both teams, this was a game where uh, a good 60 minutes went for one team, and and then the rest to the other one. There was some good. There were some bad. Let's start with the bad because my biggest issue was once again Fonseca. I thought when there were moments, and I know this is where you're going to disagree, when there were moments where he needs to impose himself, where he needs to alter things, where he needs to make a change, where he needs to spur the team on, we didn't see that, or at least we didn't see that early enough. I can't explain these blackout periods, Andy, that Roma have match after match against the big sides it is it is so confusing and and the worst part is is you know when they're in it and you can sense it you can feel it and those are the moments where me at least I looked at Fonseca and I think okay your team is struggling right here they're behind the ball they're not doing well they're getting stretched out they're struggling to string passes together they're getting caught out change something here bring on a bring somebody on uh yell out some instructions do something i just hate how he plays this uh, role of sort of like the passenger he just sits there and watches things unfold it it is very discouraging i and i don't understand it because i have yet to hear from him why he thinks this is happening the only thing he said yesterday was that we had 20 to 25 minutes that were very fatal. Um, he did discuss some of the tactical things. We got too stretched. 
uh, we weren't uh, we weren't able to press in the manner in which we usually do. But still, I, I just that doesn't explain why this happens big match after big match. And that was the discouraging part. First half, I thought there were a lot of good moments, but let's just start with the 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 negative portion of it. Get it out of the way. Well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's not that I disagree with you. It's um, it, I, I, I do believe that it's inexplicable why Roma, you know, go up one um, to nothing against Inter uh, at home. Um, after the first half, they they come back and they disappear. They vanish because the first half you were in the lead. Inter were were the ones that had more possession, but you did a good job of recovering the ball and counterattacking. And uh, you maintained your composure. You looked organized. And it, it, it just it looked like a fair game. And then in, in the you get back into the second half and um, you have the lead and, and you don't capitalize. And actually you concede and you almost end up losing the game because of how flat you looked and um, uh, there was no pressure. There was all, all the things that you saw in the first half in those opening 25 minutes of the, of the, of the second half were not there, um, which is discouraging. And obviously I, I do think that uh, the Cristante uh, substitution should have been made earlier. Um, much sooner, much I, I, sooner. I do think that that is, to me, that's, I mean, one could argue for Borja Mayoral to, to be played on sooner, but um, to me, the, the one the one substitution there in that game that may, made and should have made the difference even earlier on was the Cristante, because uh, we were struggling in the midfield. We needed an extra body. Uh, it, 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 it was just that simple. Um, obviously, there was also the issue with Hakimi and Spinazzola, who clearly uh, hasn't recovered yet um, from his injury. Um, so it, it, that, that, that was the issue is that you were flat. You couldn't you can you couldn't get out of your own area. And um, it just was very disorganized. Um, but then again, there is that that moment where sort of Roma managed to to turn things around or. Finally, they get out and and start to play like themselves, and till the very end, you you are the one dictating the tempo. I mean, a lot of people try to uh, talk about the way that you know the uh, substitutions made by Conte helped Roma, but Roma was in control of that game uh, before the substitutions were made, before Perisic was on, before uh, Kolarov was brought on, and Gagliardini. Um, so there is a point in that game where all of a sudden, I still don't know, I don't know why, I don't know the reason for as to how the hell we managed to switch our attitude, our composure from nothing to something and, uh, put Inter, um, in, in great difficulty. And then obviously, uh, uh, get that goal that, that helped us draw. Yeah, it really was one of those matches where it was almost like a tennis match where back and forth between really bad and really good between the two sides. And it was really difficult to grasp who was going to look like the winner in that. So you mentioned the substitutions. One thing that I had an issue with was, I think we would all agree, Jekyll was pretty bad yesterday, right? Correct. <laughs> Perhaps one of his worst performances of 
of the season. And Fonseca said before the match, uh, in his pre-match press conference, he was asked about the possibility of Dzeko and Majorav playing alongside each other. See, for me, I thought that would have been a good moment to bring him on and maybe try the two of them together, something different. Because, and I know this is something you brought up and a couple of others in the patron group chat said too, is that it might not necessarily be the, uh, the, the substitutions that are the problem, but the opponent knowing who the, who the substitute is going to be. So they can get used to the way you play when you go to somebody on the bench. And, and I'm not sure, but I, I could have swore you tweeted something like that out. Is that is that something that you think maybe holds Fonseca back when it comes to making changes? I, I guess I'm, my confusion still rests with him in this apprehension and going to the bench earlier in the second half because it is very, very confusing. And we talk about Majoral being in a good moment. I mean, Cristante, this is the best he has played since uh, since he's arrived at Roma. I thought he should have come on sooner as well. I'm very confused by Fonseca's approach with the bench because it it, it lacks consistency in the way he uses it. It, it. it does, but it also shows that, you know, there is an extent that he's willing to go and, um, with certain substitutions. I mean, Borja Mayoral had a good, very good game against Crotone. But in a game like this, you can see that uh, just like against Samp, Fonseca believes still almost the very end that if he can give Jeko, you know, an extra minute or two, maybe he'll get something right. And that's, that's what happened against Sampdoria. Um, he kept Jeko long enough for him to score that goal. That goal uh, is a goal that Borja Mayoral, I don't think, can score. That's something that Jeko does. And, and he did it in this game. I think that was, again, his sort of plan. Just, oh, my God, you know, like, uh, you know, he's played awful. But maybe if we can keep him a bit longer, something can happen. Obviously, that that wasn't true. And um, I also thought that, you know, after a game like the one in against Crotone, Borja Mayral should have, give, should have been given uh, more space and uh, should have been given a chance um, because it's one thing to play against smaller sides, and it's another one to even come on and and really battle it out till the very end uh, against a side like Inter. So, obviously, you know there there is again there is an extent to which the manager is willing to go with certain substitutions, and uh, Cristante is in a good moment, and you need an extra body that should have been made earlier. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with how Bruno Perez. Did not put us in a tight spot. Um, <laughs> th- thankfully, uh, because Hakimi was gassed and, and needed uh, to come off. And, and then you had Kolarov, who's, uh, I believe, 85 years old. Um, and uh, <laughs> but it's it's you know, it's it's it was it's a weird game because if you if you will notice both. Both fan bases are very either happy or unhappy with the result. And um you know, Inter are considered to come out as losers in this game because they were the ones that it seemed like were in complete control and should have been in complete control because of the difference in quality of the rosters. But at the end of the day, it was two teams that had multiple ups and downs 
um, that still lacks something to really uh, carry out truly great performances in games like these. And uh, that that that's it. That's you know, it's it's both managers made some mistakes, but they also made uh, some some really good decisions. And I thought that, for example, trusting VR. Um, in this game, not going for the more conservative choice of indeed starting Cristante despite his good moment, trusting VR, putting him out there, getting that much you know much needed experience in a big game um, was the right move. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Yeah, and interestingly enough... uh... I think nearly all of us probably would have yanked him off, right? Uh, when we were all calling for the substitute with Cristante, I think VR probably would have been the primary candidate that yep. he would have removed, right? And then no so, goal. If if you take off VR, ex- no ex- goal. Ex- so that's exactly where I was going with it. Um, I, I think, shifting to the positive now, if you do want to take something out of that that is really, really good to see, is there's clearly a reason why we sit in our homes and on our couches tweeting while Paulo Fonseca is the manager managing because he had to have seen something to leave VR on there because I I think, as I already said, most of us would have removed him in favor of Cristante. And And that's, mind you, that's something that he did in the past. Usually when VR started, he'd come off around the 60th, 65th minute mark. Uh, And this time he took out Vertu. Exactly. And you don't get the goal. He he delivers a really, really, really good pass uh, that leads to uh, the equalizer. So there's some good things that you can take with it and some bad things, as well as the good things. um, Listen, I I understand that this, again, I, I am disappointed, not necessarily from the mere standpoint of it's fun to win these big matches goes unsaid but <laughs> listening to Conte after the match where he has to oh, talk himself and delight. everybody <laughs> did you, for those who missed it Conte was asked about the result and he was saying well this is a team in Roma that is fighting for the same objectives as we are oh Wow, I mean, that is shithousery. <laughs> the same man who rejected Roma because he said Roma are not are, are still not there, still not that's, that's yeah. still not in the right moment for me. <laughs> it's unbelievable uh, trying to play that narrative, but whatever, uh, allow him to have it. However, um, when you sit back, you analyze Inter's roster, what they've spent over previous summers. 
and then you listen to Conte, you just realize that these are two clubs, whether we like it or not, these are two clubs in very different moments with very different right. objectives, right? Because I don't think anybody listened to Conte and actually believed that line that was coming out of his mouth. No, obviously it, it's it's uh it it was a manager it, it was a manager in distress. I mean, he, he, you know, he was he basically said that after uh what getting uh, Hakimi, he didn't get anybody else. Um which is a big insult to the likes of Vidal, Kolarov, <laughs> Darmian, um all you know, it's 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 very it's very strange, but at the same time it shows um one manager is dealing with a completely different situation than than the other one, and obviously the objectives are different. Um, Inter could have easily, I thought, took control um, in the final twenty minutes had they relied on the likes of Eriksen and Sensi. You know, somebody that can hold up the ball, even Sanchez, somebody that has the footwork, the technique to to hold up the ball, um, because that's what Roma did. That. It, and you know, I I kept rewatching those final twenty minutes or so, and it's such a it's a different team. I don't know what goes on in our heads, because you think that at halftime you're you scored a goal, you're you have the lead. The, the the natural thing to do is go out there and play as confident as you did, if not more um, than in the the first half, and. Um, and then the opposite happens. And then in the final 20 minutes, again, you have a different Roma and everybody's pushing. I mean, the goal, Mancini's goal, stems from a shot on goal taken by Mancini. You know, that if Mancini is right there in Inter's penalty area taking that shot, it means that the whole team is pushing. The whole team was doing the right thing to, to grab uh, 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 th- that decisive goal to get the draw. Um that was it. I mean, it's it's so it's, it's so weird to analyze this game. But one thing that I must say that um, was a relief, and somebody else picked up on it, is that both Paulo Lopez, who I have to say had a great, uh, not great day, great great performance, despite some. Yeah. Yes, I mean, despite some some passes, you know that that put us on the spot. Some the, the saves he made were brilliant and um, all of them were necessary great stuff finally to see some confidence getting back to him and uh, one of the things that really struck me is that both Paulo Lopez and Mancini who are the ones who gave uh, post-match interviews they both said you know that um, it it wasn't really it didn't sound like they were celebrating the draw Um, it, it sounded like they were a bit disappointed yes they were glad that you know, it, it got to two-two in the final uh, five minutes or so, but uh, they felt that they felt a regret of of not capitalizing, and I really hope that spread all over the locker room because um, this has to be a, le- a lesson learned because there was a reaction, unlike Napoli, unlike Atalanta, where you just flat out gave up, didn't show up, nothing. Um, here, there were portions of the game where Roma really played to their potential. And I'm at least the positive takeaway for me is that they seemed to be more aware of it this time, that there were some really bad things that they did, not enough to 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 get the result they truly wanted, which is a win. As far as individual performances go, I thought Paolo Lopez was <laughs> absolutely sensational. 
with him, this has to be all mental, right? I mean, beyond that, I, there, there's really no other explanation because those saves that he was pulling out, I mean, that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He saved the result with the... With the uh, on Lautaro. Yeah, right. And then you look on the other side of it, you see Handanovic, who goes full Walt yep. Disney. He just freezes. He's a statue. Yep. On every on every goal, it seems that Inter concede. He's caught just standing there, and it, it's just really weird uh, to watch a pretty low level. Or I'm sorry, it's weird to watch a high level match between two big teams. Mm-hmm. But in goal, you have these very, very, very two head cases that you just you don't know what you're going to get. You're either going to get something really bad or really good. Um, Cristante, good as well. I thought most of the defense did pretty good. They held Lukaku in check for the most part. <sighs> Going back to the semi-negative, okay? So <laughs> are you growing at all concerned, though, that they're not getting victories in these big matches or no? They, they, it's just they're not losing, and you can sort of live with that. So far, if you ask me, you know what my impression is. So far, I can live with this, uh, unless you know something drastically changes with the team. And uh, again, I I expect this game with its positive and neg- positives and negatives to to be a a, a learning lesson. And I, I I think that listen, John, if there is if there is a game to prove that. This the inter game was a learning lesson. It's the derby. I mean, I'm you know it, it, we should be glad that the derby is is right there for us. You know, it's right there for the taking. You you're not you know you're not thinking weeks about it. It's it's right there. You know, it's right in front of you, and it's a chance. It's a chance to to exactly answer that question of yours: whether we should grow concern. With how this team is really unable to 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 cope with the pressure of of these big games, um, whether the manager's uh, tactical um, deficiencies are, keep getting in, in the way of of this team succeeding in these matches, um, it's it, you know so far what we have we have uh, three draws against uh, Inter, Milan, uh, Juve. Two big defeats against uh, Napoli uh, and um, in Atalanta, and now uh, there is no better game than the Derby to show up. And it's 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 one thing to to you know to to be to be sort of not scared, but still um, consider Inter a team that is far superior to you because we all know. Um, the money they spent on Conte, the money they spent on on on, on some of the players they brought in. So, um, but but Lazio are right there for the taking. They are. What are you expecting from it? Because this is a Lazio side that have been. I mean, we complain about Roma being inconsistent at times. This Lazio all mm. season, they look good in the Champions League, and then they drop points to I don't know Udinese. You don't know what in the world you're getting from them because sort of sort of like that, it feels like there's really no middle ground with them. They're either very, very good or very, very bad. 
and it, it's it's very confusing because the way they perform in these good matches it's like two different teams now i think if you talk to most people they might blame that on lazio not having a lot of depth which is which is true however i i don't think that necessarily explains these drastic drastic grades mm-hmm. and performance that they have so i know it's you know we don't know what we're going to get but even if you get a very very good lazio the lazio that defeated dortmund earlier uh, in the season i seriously though don't think that they are that incapable of being defeated because i i think they have as far as deficiencies goes deficiencies go i think they have way more than the roma no well of course and i think the standings show that Uh, lazio are a team that doesn't create a lot this year they've struggled to 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 create enough to warrant them consistent wins, consistent results. Um, you know, you look at some of their play, best players. Luis Alberto is having a very disappointing season so far compared to previous years, um, and that's that's their key man. That's that's the guy that helps uh, Immobile get, get his goals. Um, th- this is a, a team that also doesn't you know uh, shine defensively. So it's. But the the thing about these games, about these Lazio games, about the Derby, is that uh, these are games that are sort of create their own little world, and right. everything yeah, that happens before that, right? It's always that. I mean, uh, whatever happened before that doesn't matter. You go into a Derby, and it's it's the match is a match in itself. It's a, it's a whole league um, on its own. And um, but this t- this Lazio side is should be easily exploitable by a team like Roma with the the counter attacking that has Roma with the quality up front that Roma has um, with I-, I think good quality defending um, and I'm glad that Ibanez didn't get another yellow because um, I think this is a perfect game for him I I think that this this just a player like Ibanez uh, or, or you know, other players, even like uh, Vertu. I mean, this is, these are the games that these players that have these uh, sort of uh, aggressive uh, style and, and the, the qualities that are, you know, that are based on physique, on strength, are all about. And um, it, 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 we we can't treat this like you know, like we're going up against a monster of a team. This is a team that should be beatable. This should be a winnable game. So. If you ask me right now, to me, obviously the the main thing is to grab six points right after that. You know, to get to get a win against Spezia, a win against Verona, especially after that shitty result to open the season. Um, but obviously this derby, man, it's and I don't remember even uh, how long ago I felt some sort of excitement following a derby. You know, so. Uh, before and f- after a derby. I mean, that's ages ago. So I definitely expect this uh, this game to be a massive chance for Roma to prove that we learned something from the Inter game. We we learned to 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 play the the whole way through. Yeah, I, the the thing that worries me most is, uh, you know, as far as Lazio goes, I mean, they are in serious serious trouble for. Uh, European play next season 
with the way the table currently sits. And they might come out very, very desperate. They might come out swinging, very, very aggressive. And I'm curious as to how Roma sort of responds to that punch. Because what did we talk about in the build-up to Inter? Uh, Roma, they're a team that jump out the quick leads. But in the second half, they have problems holding on to those leads. Yep. And that's exactly how it played out. Now, of course, it did come back and, and ended up drawing. But I I feel as if, though, at some point, Andy, they're, they're, they're going to have to stop that. You, you can't allow yourselves to concede these leads. And they're going to have to find some maturity and find a way to play with a lead and be comfortable with it and not continually piss yourself time after time after time after you work so hard to get the lead. Right. But it's almost as if you play as if you're too afraid to concede the lead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the one thing is that these, you know, the goals that Roma have scored in, 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 in these big games, and especially, you know, now, the, yesterday in the Inter, they're not, you know, it's not a matter of luck. It's not a matter of of, of circumstances that favor Roma. It, it, you know, the first goal is a beautiful ball recovery from Vertu and a beautiful build up from from Roma, um, and and so is Mancini's goal. It, it was a result of Roma pressure pressuring Inter, that ball going constantly into Inter's area, and finally you being rewarded by that. Um, so it's it's weird because what def- what really sort of worries me in those moments is that Roma look completely like they don't have they have zero confidence in themselves. But wait, but like twenty minutes ago you were playing lights out. I mean, it's that that's what that's what bugs me is that how can you be so different in a time frame of twenty minutes? You know, twenty minutes ago. You look like a great team, like a team that really could inflict some damage. Um, and now you look like lost puppies. Uh, so what is that? And especially against Lazio, especially in a derby, we know how emotional these games are. We know how many fouls are called, not called. It's it's physical, it's gritty, it's aggressive. Um, there is some tension. Even without the fans, there's going to be some tension. Um, so... obviously it's going to be filled with ups and downs, but I do expect Roma to get better at, at keeping a consistent level of performance because you can't really go from being, you know, playing like uh, prime Galacticos football to just looking like uh, a a Monday night uh, Memphis Grizzlies. You know, it's a, it's I would I would have said Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers, I but say you spared me the Cavaliers. Yes, guys, yes, so I'm I spared you. Okay, it's okay, man. And it's just it's we both want to see the 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 same uh, composure, the same level of calm that we saw against the smaller sides week in week out. We see that every week, mostly for for the most part of this season so far. Why can't we see it in a derby? Are they winning? You were confident uh, before the match against Inter. Are you confident <laughs> now? I I want to be. I will say that you know. Usually, I come on here and I say, "Oh, I um not feeling not feeling too confident, not feeling too optimistic." Um, but I do 
I do expect them to to grab the three points. And um, it's obviously it's still it's still you know it's not a game for me. The the must 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 absolutely must win are the games that follow that um, Spezia, Verona, and so on. But I do expect them to get the three points at the end of the day. Yeah, I think as far as individuals, I think as far as the manager goes even, I, I think Roma are the better side. The fear, though, is, Andy, and I don't know if you feel this way too, and maybe others do as well, is that when Roma encounter a bad result in which they drop points, how do they respond? It's very unfair of me to do so, but I can't help, because of what we've seen in the past, I can't help but have that feeling in the back of my mind of, oh gosh, is this the moment where it all just falls apart? Is right. this where the meltdown lies? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but in fairness, I don't think we're totally and completely absurd for feeling that way because there is such a large body of work and history behind it. It's not as if we're... Wow, that was a beautiful euphemism, man. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's not as if we're irrational for thinking so, I guess. Of course. Um, we have been disappointed and burned by right. Roma many times before. But I guess my hope is that, so far this season at least, uh, they've answered the call every single time that they have dropped points, right? Right. I do have to say, though, that uh, I wouldn't be so confident had we had we lost against Inter. Had that game, had Inter kept up that kind of pressure that they they maintained throughout the first 20 minutes of, of the second half until um, the very end. And the the final result was that 2-1 or maybe even more, who knows. Um, you, I, I, I'd be worried right there. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just that sometimes we saw them react following the Napoli game, going up against Sassuolo in 10 men. Um, if we saw them react following the Atalanta game winning against Eusebio Scaliari. Um, so obviously we have that also, that history of this team this season so far reacting. But I guess that sometimes there is uh, too much of it. And um, that would have worried me. Right now, I'm still confident. I'm still I'm still confident that this team is learning. And it, it, the, 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 the celebration at the end of the game, the... The, the way Mancini and Paul Lopez spoke of, of disappointment um, show me that this is a team that is learning. It's, it's a team in progress. And despite what you want to say, it's a team in progress. And um, players are openly talking about that there is a learning curve. There is, there is something that is, is learned game by game. And I do hope that they come into this derby. They put everything behind them. And, and just focus on playing consistent, good football. Um, and then I also hope that this derby doesn't get disrupted by refereeing. Um, I, I, these are games that are so easily just uh, fractured by, by, by episodes. Um, I hope that they just let them play and that it's still without the crowd, without the fans, um, both teams living through different moments this season. I still hope that this will be a good game. And obviously, let's hope for three points. I think it's it's doable. 
very quickly before we go, watching that yesterday, was there a player that is realistic who is available on the market that you thought could have influenced things one way or another? Uh, I've know we said it a number of times, but even though Myhadal did not get introduced as quickly as I would have hoped, um, I can't help but feel that El Shadawi would have yeah, been yes for that kind of match. Yep, yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, as it was unfolding before our, my eyes, I was I was thinking, man, we I would have loved to see just El Sharawi. You put El Sharawi in that situation, he knows immediately what to do. And it's not us overestimating a player that um, he also had multiple ups and downs. But in that final season at Roma, so far that he had, he showed such maturity, and also he showed that. He developed a great deal of intelligence when it came to these situations and big games. Um, he could have been vital, especially when you don't have Pedro, um, where when your only substitute in that winger position is is, is Perez. Uh, it, it would have been a, a great, great help with, with El Sharawi being such a, an energy boost. One more thing before we go. So I, I got into a nice little debate on Twitter during the match. Um, a lot of people for, and, and I disagree with this, but I don't know where you sit with it. They were, when I said, I wish Fonseca would make these changes sooner. He kept hitting back. I, I kept receiving, well, who do you want him to bring in? Who is good off of the bench? And I couldn't help but think, well, who were the best against Crotone? Majoral, Cristante, they were on the bench. Perez, okay, whatever. That, that, <laughs> you don't that, even that, believe him. Fine. <laughs> that, that's fine. I, I, we don't have to yep. do Perez. But Diawara, I, I just felt like there was a lot of, um, a lot of intellectual dishonesty, I guess we could call it, in the arguments against Roma's bench. Look at Milan, man. They don't have a good bench. They're at the top of the city. Uh, it's if you don't think that, or let me reword it, I'm not going to buy that Roma have a bad bench. I'm not because Diawara off of the bench. Um, how many other teams in Serie I can say that other than maybe Juve, Napoli, maybe Inter? If you bring on, if you bring on Ericsson. I, I just I don't like that argument. I don't. Well, to to an extent, I would agree with you. And on the other hand, it's it's always. I mean. Would you feel confident putting Diawara on in, in a game like this after after him not playing for so long and putting in the performances that he did in the Europa League um, following his COVID uh, thing? Um, I, I, I think if it's for 10 minutes, I think he can definitely do something. And I think he offers something different than VR and Veritu, obviously. He's, this is at Agista does not have the positional awareness of a VR and obviously he doesn't have the motor of a Veritu. But I think if you're looking for just pure balance and the thing that I thought Roma struggled with, holding on to the ball, particularly in that during that half an hour-ish blackout period, I thought what Diawara is good at could have helped in that instance. But I kept being told that uh, everybody on the Roma's bench is terrible. But I, I, I guess I don't buy that premise. I'm I'm not going to go as far as to agree with you on on the the hour thing. I thought that uh, I do think that um, the the be the bench in the form of Cristante and Mayoral should have happened sooner. 
especially following the Crotona game, you need that boost of confidence from your manager um, in, in a game of this magnitude. Uh, in 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 a moment where the team is clearly struggling to to hold on to create something, um, it would have been interesting to see both Jeko and Mayoral up there together because Jeko clearly struggled um, on his own, uh, and 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 obviously it was it was a midfield that that was fragile, and and we know that that's the I think that's the weakest link in in these big games and in tough situations. It, it's the midfield that suffers because um, I, I guess there is some kind of uh, fragility that is 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 consistently exploited by these bigger sides. They know that after some time, the likes of Vertu, the likes of Pellegrini, eventually even VR will, you know, will, will fold under pressure. Um, that's that, I guess that's what happened. You needed Cristante up there and he gave you extreme, like the moment Cristante came on, the team found the right balance and found the confidence that, that helped them, uh, uh, sort of turn the tables around and put Inter in a tough spot. Mm. I agree. All right, we will be back later in the week ahead of the match uh, against Lazio. Big, big, big derby match. So we will be eager to see how that plays out. All right, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you in a few days. Until then, ciao. Ciao.